Hey, York Alliance Church, welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Monday, November 13th. Moving our way through November pretty quick here. I'm your host, Pastor Mike, and it's a pleasure to be with you today. I'd like to come back to uh, the topic that I talked about last week, uh, God's heart for the orphan. If you're at York Alliance on Sunday, you probably saw a video about Stan Sunday, uh, about a small church that that stood up to support orphan care, the foster care system, the kids in the system in, in Texas. Then you probably also heard about an organization that I mentioned, uh, Keystone Family Alliance, that York Alliance is going to partner with. And uh, there's some great things that uh, that organization is doing. Uh, there's some ways that you can get involved. But today I want to continue on the topic uh, from the standpoint of a uh, a foster parent, someone who is actually uh, walking the walk, uh, living uh, that life. And I think it's important to hear uh, the heart because so many times uh, entering into something like this can seem um, so big and so mysterious and so challenging. Yet when you step into it and you trust God in it, uh, there's there's a lot of blessing in it. So I have a guest with me who's going to do that, and I want to introduce you to uh, Alexa Wheeler. Alexa and Josh Wheeler uh, were a part of York Alliance a number of years ago, decided to step out in faith and join us at Mosaic City Church, yay. And so they're an active part of our congregation. Uh, so um, yeah, I'm excited about having her on. Um, Alexa and Josh are foster parents, and so I'm going to ask them to speak into this topic today. So, uh, Alexa, welcome, and um, maybe tell us why you guys decided to foster. Um, so we decided to foster because we struggled with infertility for a couple of years when we first got married, um, but we always had a heart, or I had a heart, and Josh also had a heart um, to adopt eventually um, because I personally am adopted, and we just always, you know, wanted to help provide for children in need, um, you know, to give them a stable family, to show them the love of Christ, and so um, about three years ago, almost four, now we um, went through the process of sure. becoming licensed in foster care and adoption. We are dual licensed with the agency that we're with. So cool. So uh, a couple years ago, you decided to go that route. Tell us the story of your kids, because I know you have uh, uh, adopted and foster kids. So tell us that story. Um, so we have had six placements in our house over the last couple of years. Cool. We actually adopted our third placement, and we're in the process of adopting our sixth kiddo that we have right now. So that will be happening in a couple of months. So cool. Tell us their names. Um, Ellie is our two-and-a-half-year-old that we adopted last year. Um, and then Josiah is who we are working through the process of right now. Very cool. And they're actually siblings, right? They are. They are half-siblings. Um, they have the same bio mom, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, uh, coming back to this topic that I talked about last week, which was from Isaiah 117, that, that God has this heart for the orphan, that uh, he calls his people to, to step away from their, their selfishness and to look to the needs of others. And one of the ways he calls the people of Israel to do that is by caring for the orphan, caring for the least of these. Stepping in and, and, and now taking an active role in that, why would you say you, th you think that's God's heart? What's behind that? 
I think that God raises up people to build a community around children in need um, to equip you know, adults and caregivers to care for those who cannot, um, whether their parents can't take for them, care for them, or maybe grandparents or whatever, God equips other people um, that may be in their lives, maybe through kinship or other sorts of resources to come alongside those children who need care and who need support and who need love and who need the light of Jesus um, to shine through them. Yeah, great, great analogy because the kingdom of God, the, the, the analogy a lot of times we use is this family of God and having a community that cares for the least or someone who doesn't even have a biological community is so important to God and it's his heart. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. What's been maybe um, some of the hardest things and what, what have been some of the joyous things? So the hardest things have definitely been um, dealing with some behaviors. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, each kid is different. Every child in foster care, no matter how long they've been in the system or in different placements, experiences trauma, yeah. whether or not they you know, were born into foster care or whether or not they've been through 20 different homes. Every child has trauma. Um, and so mm -hmm. helping children to process through that trauma um, is probably one of the most challenging things. So whether it's, you know, they're throwing things, kicking, yelling, screaming, or, you know, bedwetting or, um, you know, being afraid at night, having night terrors, those kinds of things. So helping to kind of realize what those triggers are, realizing help to come alongside of them, maybe finding them resources, finding them therapy, um, you know, a counselor, those kinds of things. Yeah. Those, are, those are sorts of all the things that are the most important mm. as people that come alongside of kids in foster care and as advocates. Um, I think that that's one of the most challenging things. So of course, when you have children in your home, it's kind of navigating that on the day to day. Yeah. You know, somebody may be destroying a door or trying to hurt animals or other children or those kinds of things. So walking through that on the day to day is exhausting yeah. um, for one. And it's also challenging to see children like that because yeah. you want to show them the light and love of Jesus. But it's also understanding on the flip side that it's not necessarily them that's causing it that. It's the trauma that's manifesting mm. through their lives. Um, so just kind of walking alongside through them and learning what resources are available and being a strong advocate for them mm. to get those things. Yeah, yeah. Being an advocate, that's hugely important. How about some of the joyous things? What, what has brought you joy, maybe expected and maybe unexpected? Sure. Definitely seeing children grow. Um, one of our placements, we had for 18 months in our home. So kind of seeing him grow from his first birthday that we celebrated with him all the way up till, you know, he left our home and just mm -hmm. seeing how he learned to walk, he learned to talk, he learned, you know, to sit up and, and grow and just kind of those sorts of relationships and how We've continued to have a relationship with his family. Um, so those are some of the joyous things of still being able to continue to see him grow even when he's not in our home. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's one of the most joyous things and also helping to show them the light and love of Jesus. So when they start to put those pieces together of, you know, learning respect and learning love and learning what a caring home looks like, mm. that's that's a really joyous thing. Yeah. Wow, yeah, there's probably a lot under that that you don't even realize as you're providing that safe place, that care for that that young life that that they're recognizing and growing into and learning to trust. Um, and when you see that trust, it's probably really, really satisfying. Yeah. Um, how would you say that fostering has changed you personally? 
I think for me, um, it's made me a stronger parent. (laughs) It's allowed me, like I talked about earlier about being an advocate, it's allowed me to kind of have a voice and take a stand and say, no, that's not okay. Or no, we need more help. We need more support. This child needs more help. This child needs more support. Um, And kind of just Josh and I have been really strong advocates for the children in our care, helping to set up with therapy or, um, you know, different resources that they may not have had access to in a previous foster home. And so even if for the couple of other places that we had, if they were only with us for a short amount of time, we did all that we could with with that short amount of time to help get them, you know, the jump start to the next place that they were going. That's really good because I could imagine that foster parents feel like they got to do it all, sure. right? Like I've got to have the answers. I've got to be the perfect parent. Mm-hmm. I've got to help them overcome. Like I've got to do, do, do. And yet there's no way that you can do this without the support of, like you said, a community or or specialists or experts or other counselors or people that can come alongside and fill that gap because you can't do that all. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's great. Um so last question, what would you say the greatest need of foster parents is? I would say the greatest need is a community um, to have, you know, a church family or your own personal biological family to come alongside of you. You need that village. You need that support mm-hmm. when, you know, it's just too much. <laughs> the mm-hmm. behaviors are too much. The visits, the caseworker visits, the court hearings, all those things. It takes time. You know, it takes, if you're working full time, maybe you have to miss work, maybe you have to call off, all those sorts of things. Um, So all of that takes extra resources. Maybe you need to go out on a date and realize that I need to still continue to have a family, have a relationship with my spouse or my partner or whatever. Um, but also give yourself grace that sometimes you just need to ask for help too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like you said, you can't do it all. <laughs> yeah. So just realizing that you have other people to come alongside of you and journey yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, I can remember one Sunday a couple of months ago when we had our previous placements with us and they were just very overwhelming in church one Sunday morning. And it was actually your wife and another family who just kind of stepped in and swooped in and took them out of the service and just gave me a break because they could just see that I was just so overwhelmed in that moment. And so just having that community and that support to help come alongside of you is the biggest thing for people in foster care. Really huge. Alexa, thank you so much. This has been really good. Um, I want to remind our listeners um, that York Alliance is stepping into a partnership with Keystone Family Alliance, and there are a couple ways that you can engage that should God kind of lay this on your heart. Uh, One is through a resource portal called Gateway. Uh, There are flyers in the hub, uh, QR codes you can scan and get on that. And that that merely allows you to receive emails to uh, be a resource or provide resources when those resources come up. But then the second way is is a care community. And uh, that speaks exactly uh, into what Alexa's talking about. A care community uh, could be something like a um, community group or a group of like-minded individuals who really want to support foster parents by giving them a break, a date, providing needs, rides, um, just, just kind of surrounding them, letting them know they're not alone. 
Uh, Ashley Abrahamson uh, is uh, going to be our contact at York Alliance. So if you don't know her, you can look her up on One Church. Uh, you can connect with me, uh, Mike Carletti, uh, mcarletti at yorkalliance.org. I can point you in any direction, answer any of your questions. But just wanted to bring this uh, great interview to you and to um, give you something to pray about. Uh, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and may the blessing that he pours out on your life uh, be poured out on the lives of others. Peace.